they were like the Chippendales mixed with tap dancing. It's like these big, muscly dudes, very Magic Mike, and they tap dance. I think they were Australian. It was like the Tap Dogs. They were always on the Raw um, Variety performance. This sounds like something you've made up. No, honestly, I haven't. It's like, do you want to see, like, basically John Cena tap dancing and the five of them? I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's the tap dogs. They had sound pads. They'd stamp on these sound pads and, like, you know, together make a little kind of percussive beat. Uh, It was just the worst thing ever. Like, whenever they were on Blue Peter, I'd cringe. But if I if I went to watch John Cena tap dancing, I wouldn't see him because you can't see him. That's oh, his of thing. Course. Yeah, you just hear him. But like, and also like the noise of muscles. <laughs> there was just a lot of sexy, sexy classical music in the nineties. Remember <laughs> her with her electric violin? He used to stand on top of pianos. Oh gosh, <laughs> yes. Vanessa she May. called Vanessa, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like a big nineties memory for me. Saturday night TV, it's like it's the national lottery draw, but beforehand, here's some hunk and he's gonna tap dots. Welcome, listener, to episode 138 of the Electronic Wireless Show, the best water in games special. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week uh, by Water Guy from X Men. <laughs> yeah, that isn't one of the X Men. That's the senator who turns into a puddle in X Men 1. All right, okay. <laughs> you remember him? Yeah, I do. He gets hit by Magneto's machine, turns him into a a very short-lived mutant. Uh, uh, And then uh, Bon Jovi. Dead or alive. Right. Right, What's the connection here? (laughs) Well, you'll find out. Uh, It's a a journey of discovery that uh, we'll take together. In fact, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. <laughs> mm. Very good. Um, so traditionally, I would start by asking you how you are, but we've got an issue that we need to thrash out, which I think will take take up our chat time, basically. Um, Before and that, that is... though, can I do one really important update, Go on, then. which I know people will be desperate to hear about? Do, do you remember King Bogey, the homicidal Gobi? Oh, yeah. Who ate all the other Gobi? Yeah. Uh, that well, sounds like a football chant. <laughs> Who ate Who all, ate the, other all the other Gobies? King Bogey! King Bogey! <laughs> well, there is an update on him. Uh, he has redeemed himself. Because last night, I met Prince Bogey. And oh. Princess oh. Bogetta. And an entire <laughs> brood of other Boglets. Uh, because he was guarding eggs, and they've hatched. Unfortunately, I've had to move him to a prison because he was trying to eat his children. But until right. that point, 
he was a good dad. He'd just gone a bit Kratos. I don't know if he has fully redeemed himself. No, like, he, giving, giving birth if only to eat your child is, yeah. is not really like a huge redemptive arc. Is, well, he didn't is, do any eating. I imprisoned him before that could happen. How could you tell? Was he licking his lips? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just lumbering around the tank after them. Oh. But that, but but saying like, well, he didn't actually eat them. Eat, but you had to res- physically restrain him from doing so. I don't think. Yes. <laughs> You know, that's not a moral good on King Bogey's part, is it? Yeah. But forget about him. There's a new generation. His line has not ended. And maybe they'll be as monstrous as him. There'll be uh, more updates as they come. But I just, I'm bursting with that. I had to say it. Let's, let's uh, now I'm, have a fight. I'm very, I'm very glad to hear it. Um, so the fight is going to be over the definition of sandwich. Because as I briefly Ooh. mentioned last week, there or maybe the week before even, there's been a debate in the Discord. Uh, and if you read the show notes on rockpapershotgun.com, there'll be a link to this, the Discord. But there's been a debate in the podcast room uh, about what constitutes a sandwich to the extent that uh, at least two people now have sandwich-based nicknames. All right. Um, uh, they are entrenched. Yeah. So, um, I feel like we should, um, between the three of us, describe our own definitions of sandwich and what is and is not a sandwich. Because I believe... Are we attempting to set a a, a sort of a consensus standard here? If possible, although I'm not sure it will be. Although I feel that we are all quite practical people where it comes to food. So, but I believe the debate (laughs) was... Um, around things like whether a burger is a sandwich, which I insisted it it is not the last time I mentioned it on the podcast, and also like whether a sandwich is like what are the parameters of sandwich? So like, could two sheets of pasta with something between it be a sandwich? Ah, oh, right. You know, so is I it- really like the idea of the parameters of Sandwich being like a very weird historical novel about the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> it's also struggles. a great name for a sandwich shop. Oh, yeah. The not as good as my idea for a, a mafia-themed sandwich shop called Baguette About It. Look, like we're that. already getting off topic, off and off <laughs> so- topic. So, <laughs> so uh, straight up, Sandwich... I think is is very specifically um, any filling between two pieces of bread, and the bread is key here. Mm. I, I think a burger doesn't count because it's a bat. In the same way that a baguette isn't a sandwich, it's the form of the bread defines the defines the food. A bagel I, isn't a sandwich; it's a bagel. I think I'm with you here, and I will refer to what I said last time, which is if you have to use a word other than sandwich to describe or explain it, then it isn't a sandwich. You know, so mm. so if you were at a barbecue and someone like if you're at, like you can get all philosophical about it, but in the real world, if you're at a barbecue and someone came up to you with a burger in a, a bap and said, "Here, I brought you a lovely sandwich." <laughs> Mm. You wouldn't stand for that. Well, the, You'd the think Americans they were doing do, a bit, yeah. Americans do say that, though. Well, yeah, but, I mean, 
I think I think Americans are much looser with sandwich than we are, probably because of our ties to the Earl. The Earl. <laughs> and our respect for him. <laughs> like somewhere in as that word has sailed across the ocean, it has it's got a it's got something got a bit loose along the way, you know? Yeah. But what the Earl of Sandwich was eating was probably some messed up seventeenth century like disaster piece. It was probably, you know, I don't know, like horse bread with beans in it, like wrapped around in a weird sort of spiral around an egg or something. I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine they did normal sliced bread. Uh, they probably did. I'm just, just enjoying. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If you I, go uh, into a, a standard McDonald's in this country. Yeah. And uh, if you say... I would like a quarter punda, please. And they'll say, would you like the meal? And I will then reply with faint irritation, no, just, just the sandwich, please. Uh, because I know oh. in, I had a friend who worked in McDonald's, and that's the burger lingo. That's uh, the, the secrets of the ancient burger speak. And they won't look at you odd. They'll say, okay, just the sandwich. But you could also say just the burger. Of course you could, yeah. But I... I'm with both of you, by the way, on the definition. I'm just saying, mm. you know, in that subjective instance, right. sandwich will also be an adequate descriptor of a burger. I think that's just trying, in the same way that we're humouring the Earl of Sandwich, I think they're just trying to humour Ronald McDonald, who is an American. <laughs> he lives in the centre of the audience, earth. Yeah. He doesn't live in the centre of the earth. He came from America. He may live there now, but he came from America. No, he sits on an alabaster throne with Grimace on a leash at his side. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're, we, we seem to be in agreement. I thought there might be more of a, a debate, but I, I see that we are all quite practical people because I don't hold with any of this, this lasagna is a sandwich nonsense. Uh, although I well, accept, would you mean well? I don't. I, I think you know in games where you like get a boss's health bar down to almost nothing, and then he just sort of goes and comes back, and the fight isn't actually over. It's just got ten times harder. I'm afraid that's what I'm going to do with this this debate. I, I, I think. Okay. Okay. I I'm going to wearily. Chug a potion in that case. <laughs> right, okay. So I've kicked the floor out and we've fallen into a burning basement now. Where yeah. then, like, <laughs> I'm gonna make this point. Like there is there's no such thing as a definition of a sandwich and all taxonomy uh between varying between it- items that are not identical cannot be classified. Um, in anything but the loosest and most subjective terms. Like right. there is, you know, the, the whole point of the debate over the definition of a sandwich or soup or any of that, or tea, is mean, it's meaningless. It's non-valid philosophically. Because, um, okay, look at wolves and dogs, for example, right? When, when we were making forging dogs from wolves it happened over many many iterations and at some point there was something that half 
of the people on Earth would have sworn blind as a wolf, and the other half would have sworn blind was a dog. And it's right. the same with with uh, like any like a species. If you ask a biologist, a species is a meaningless term because a species mm-hmm. is like a category of animal that cannot. You know, two species are ones that can't interbreed and create fertile offspring. That's such a fudge definition because, like, evolution is incremental and, you know, it's just a big spectrum with very many things that are very, very subtly different from the thing next to them. Yes. And it's exactly the same with sandwiches or tea or any of that. I don't think there was ever a time where half the people on the earth thought they were looking at a sandwich and half the people on earth thought they were looking at lasagna. <laughs> you know? There was, no, never, there was, there yeah. was never a time where half the people who went into a sandwich shop were like, oh, where's the lasagna? Where's expecting a lasagna? No, no, no. Well, okay, what if the bread is made of durum wheat and the filling is mince and then it there gets is, wet? There is not a mint sandwich. Well, there is a sloppy joe. But it's called oh, a sloppy joe. Destroyed in seconds. Yeah, it's also no, a sandwich. No, no, Nate, Nate, I appreciate what you're doing, and I say this with a lot of love. <laughs> but f*** off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Like, you, can't, you can't just like win the debate by being like, but nothing means anything. Like, if you go into <laughs> that's what all philosophers do. That's the whole point of philosophy. <laughs> Sam- sandwiches sandwiches start with the earl they don't evolve they have a they have a clear start point <laughs> like <laughs> fine in philosophy nothing means anything and you can get all the like, you know the philosophy of language and and derrida and structuralism and post-structuralism and 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 you know signs and signifiers and all that but like in the real world when you order a sandwich you expect a sandwich and not a lasagna <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, that the is world. the last argument of kings on this one. In like, the real what world. will actually get you a sandwich, IRL? Sandwich means sandwich, right? And, uh, and also, by the way, I don't hold with open-faced sandwiches. That's just toast that's got, that's got notions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. All right, so what is our single sentence definition of a sandwich? Something that would get you a sandwich if you asked for it in a shop? I'd say that's pretty good. But also, I think with, like, I'm happy to say a sandwich is something, uh, you know, uh, f- food that, you, that is between two pieces of sliced bread is a sandwich. Mm. I accept that sandwich is also used as a verb, but uh, that doesn't mean that everything that can be sandwiched is a sandwich. All right, now, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to, to drag this out, but what if you use the end slices of a loaf of bread around a cooked burger patty? Because they're still slices then, of bread, yeah, but it would have, look functionally made a burger. Sandwich. A burger. Yeah, you, yeah. Is that a hybrid? Is that a non-fertile hybrid? Pro- probably, yeah. Because that's not the ideal way to eat a burger either, because a burger fits best in a burn, like a bun, a bap. And if you put it between two bits of sliced bread, then it's you get you're getting Wasn't a lot that of created for the burger or vice versa. Oh, I don't know. If any bakers oh, are listening, the, uh, did, you, did they make circular bread just because they liked this circular meat so much, or well, did they make a circular meat? The easiest bread to make, you fool. 
That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just knead a ball of dough with your hands, chuck it in the oven, and bang, a roll. That's what it's called, a roll, because it rolls about. Oh, well, there you go. So, sorry, Master Chef. It's Master Chief, actually, <laughs> off of Halo, but. Best I wonder what Master Chief's, Chief's favourite sandwich would be. Anything but, he can eat through a straw. I, I was going to say, yeah, of course, his his tragedy is that he would never be able to eat his favourite sandwich because it wouldn't. he'd just mash it sadly against his visor. There's Unless no his helmet opens up like a metal mouth. Like Pac-Man. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm happy with our definition of sandwich. I've eaten lasagna in a sandwich. But lasagna oh, itself that. is not a sandwich. Oh, it's good. Like leftover pasta heated up in a sandwich is a kingly oh. lunch. Oh, carbo, carbomatic. Oh, yeah. Tasty oh, yeah. these. All right, good. Well, we put that to bed quite quickly, actually. It only took us, what, 15 minutes? It's pretty good for us. Annihilated. Oh, now we have to talk about games. <laughs> Ooh. Eating the vegetables. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, as Matthew pointed out, we do now have to talk about games. I'm not even going to do a segue, because I'm, I'm going to use Matthew's and Nate's groan as uh, a nice intro. Uh, so we're talking about best watering games, and I feel like we might have done something related before, like best sea or something, but I thought mm. this would be quite a fun one to talk about, and that Nate in particular might have a lot of fun thoughts which he he said he was he was looking forward to talking about it so mm, big time yeah um so with that in mind nate would you want to start yeah well i guess it's probably time to put a fork in the mystery behind my choice of username uh for this session at last because uh, bon jovi of course uh, wrote the song dead or alive which i I sung the most famous words from at the start of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that is, of course, the soundtrack or the, 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 uh, the credit, opening credits music uh, to the crab fishing documentary Deadliest Catch. Uh, and uh, about 18 months ago now, I played the video game, Deadliest Catch, the video game, which is a Playway SA classic. Um, uh, you know, a really emotionally empty simulation um, of catching crabs in the Bering Sea. Uh, and I wrote, uh, some of you might have read the piece I wrote about it, because that was also the first day I was on my ADHD medication and playing an extraordinarily boring game about fishing for crabs while coming up on amphetamines for the first time in your life uh, was pretty great. <laughs> but I have to say, that's the main reason that game is is lodged in my memory with some fondness. But to give credit to it, the sea looked bloody amazing. Uh, does it obviously have, the be- Yeah. Sorry. Um. Does it have like yeah weather patterns, or is it quite extreme weather all the time? Uh, it's got patterns. Um. I I, I think a huge amount of the game's budget just went into making the sea look good. Cause sometimes there's big, like swelly waves. Sometimes it's dead flat. Um, the colors of it vary because 
you know, the, the range of colors you get in the sea is phenomenal. Um, it can go from sort of really ag- aggressive, depressing grays, uh, sort of tur- turbulent browns and greens and blues. And it depends what the sky is doing and where the sun is. Um, and th- there was just a surprising amount of atmosphere in, in that game. Uh, it really felt like the sea. Stunned me. <laughs> a stunning ocean. I, um, when I was playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, in the trailers for that, there were all these footage of them flying over bits of the ocean where it's basically like um, luminescent kind of greens and blue, you know, the, the tropical kind of amazing things. And I just couldn't find anywhere on Earth that looked like it. The sea in Microsoft Flight Simulator is quite depressingly grey and blue. You know, it, it feels, I don't know if that's like true to it or, yeah. So I kept, t- you know, I, I, trying to find places to fly in that game because you, 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 you can basically start from an airport or you can type in kind of coordinates. So I was basically looking up holiday brochures of like tropical paradises, finding <laughs> their coordinates, typing those in the game to try and find, you know, to to show the the scale or the or, or the the spectrum of that water that Nate was just talking about, and I actually found it really really hard. I don't know if it's just a myth, and it's only in in uh, you know holiday brochures that's been photoshopped. Either the holiday lotions are lying, or Microsoft Flight Simulator is lying. Which is it? Oh, it's are you asking conspiracy. us? <laughs> yeah. Nah, some well good to see out there. Well, if anyone's found good sea in Flight or Fly Simulator, let me know because uh, I want to see it. I I think there is a fascination with the sea in general because you know it's so unknowable. In many ways, the sea is man's greatest natural enemy. You know, I think you're going to say man's greatest achievement. <laughs> we did good with that, actually. Yeah, it took yeah. a lot of weeing, but we got there in the end. <laughs> Chilling um, origin story for the oceans. Because I was going to say um, Sea of Thieves has oh, an, yeah. in, an incredible sea. Um, and, it, and it's weird because it, I think the water in Sea of Thieves looks quite actually realistic in a way that is slightly different to the rest of the game. Because um, mm. the the rest of the game is a bit, you know, it's colourful and a bit cartoony and stuff. And then the sea is actually quite, quite like the real sea. And you get, mm. you know, quite extreme weather as well. And you get like big swells and stuff. And sometimes it's a bit scary. Um, and I th- the, yeah, the sea in Sea of Thieves is tremendous. Um, I know just what that- you mean about the style difference as well. When you're like swimming with a couple of mates and there's not like a boat inside for a style comparison. Yeah, there is this ultra-realistic scene and these bulbous mutants flailing in it. They yeah. look like they're stranded in a reality that doesn't belong to them, which I quite like. How, how does it compare to the, the Deadliest Catch scene? I would say the Deadliest Catch scene is far more forbidding. Um, it looks cold, but then that's the Bering Strait, which is one of the, you know, like if seas were people, that would be like a real <laughs> of an old man. Right. And the Sea of Thieves would be like a big... A it's lot like Tom of, Cruise. It's a real yeah. crowd pleaser. 
Oh no, no, he's he's, he's a mad weaselman. No, no, he's <laughs> like, like, he's like, yeah, everything's like, yeah, he's like, he's on all the time. That's no, the scene. So he's so it's weird. Like big He's not weird. He's charismatic and entertaining. He's like, yeah, he's like a star. Oh, no, he's, he's not a star, he's... baby. And so's the ocean in Sea of Thieves. Have you seen him in, on, like, Graham Norton? He won't let anyone else speak. Or, or you know, like, it's he has. He's excited. He has to be the main character of life. And he's always like, oh, yeah, I knew the guys who did the thing on your thing. I did that too. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm amazing. Nobody else can have a moment. Oh, Terrifying. I don't. I, 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 th- I think he's. He's, uh, I think he's all right. He's, uh, I, mean, he's... I, I mean, I don't, are we going to say the name of the, the chilling cult he's in or will they find us and yeah, pick true. it the podcast? But you know, uh, he's with that lot, isn't he? Whoever used to live in the house, our house, um, uh, was one of the cult. Um, they died and really? we had tons and tons of stuff sent to us by, by the cult. That's Whoa. amazing. Yeah. So. Have you been that's, tempted? That's, that's, my, that's, my, that's, my, that's my cult story. <laughs> uh, um, well, uh, I, I mean, we like... To, uh, to go back to Sea of Thieves for a second, actually. Yeah. What um, I like about Sea of Thieves is that the sea actually, you know, it has a role in the game. Is that, you know, you're not just sailing on it, but like water more widely in that game is probably like the biggest threat because that the whole deal of the, in Sea of Thieves is that you can keep dying and coming back yourself. But if your ship sinks, then it's kind of like totally screwed. And mm. there's that brilliant thing where you can kind of win a fight. You know, you're shooting cannibals and you sink them and it's great. And then you forget to look downstairs and you go down there and it's basically like, you know, half flooded and everyone's got the buckets. And it's a, a, one of the few games where like sinking is actually like a proper mechanic and water is like a big old threat. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I mean, like the temptation is as well as to just talk about, you know, physical renderings of water that look very good. But um, I was going to mention Stardew Valley because water becomes so important in that in that game uh and your sort of i find my routine revolves a lot around water especially in the early stages of the game before you've got um sprinklers to water your crops because you have to water your crops every day and uh that it before you have sprinklers is a process of going to your well or the pond and then physically watering everything um, and then unless it's raining and then if it's raining, it's like, oh, thank God, it's the best thing ever. Cause you don't have to do it. I love rain then. days. Yeah. You, you can just get out and go on adventures. I really liked that. Cause you know, like going into the cave, the cave to punch skeletons, mm. but like if you're out too late, you'll fall asleep in there and it'll be bad. Yeah. I always got really excited when there was a rainy day cause it was, oh yes. Yeah, skeleton day. <laughs> like I don't have to do all my chores because God will do it for me and I can yeah. just go and get in fist fights with the undead. Yeah. Just like in real farming. Do you think actually do you think farmers think that? Like yeah. when they see rain, they're like, yes. They immediately pick up a cudgel. Yeah. And descend so, into the underworld. 
Well, I know um, the. It's a very, a very rural thing I'm going to say now, but I know the riverkeeper from my hometown, um, and he would, <laughs> he would always love it if it was raining because, because the the height of the river has been declining for years and years, and if he was like the only person in town who would love it if there was like a really rainy summer or like a you big got, stretch of rain for weeks. Got to be careful what you wish for though, because if it goes too high. That's like my worst nightmare, my house flooding. Is that likely to happen? Uh, We're on, yeah. Like when we did all the house insurance and everything, we are like, I think we're quite high up from the river. I think we'd we'd be, you know, there'd be other people who'd be much unluckier for the water to reach us. It would have, you know, it would basically like sink their houses. But apparently, yeah, we are on it. And the the bath, the the Avon, I think it is, that goes to bath is, is, um, is um it d- does can get pretty high like when it rains it used to like regularly submerge the canal path which used to walk walk along to work so it's it's quite a dramatic river for going up and down obviously no way near as bad as like you know you always see those news stories at christmas where um s- somewhere in the north is has gone underwater <laughs> i'm not laughing at it i'm just <laughs> it's cause I, it's cause I couldn't think of the name of anywhere other than up somewhere up north which sounded dismissive <laughs> i should just retract this whole anecdote <laughs> hey listen i've i've got a an a left field watery tank yeah uh some water i love is the sound design of the water in sunless sea um, you uh, played that one? That's yeah, the one where your, uh, boats going around on an underground uh, ocean. Uh, it's by Fail Better. Um, I've, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great narrative game, but I've genuinely played it to relax uh, because you're looking down on your boat from like what would be the cavernous roof of this big underground sea and you can just hear like of like water dripping off stalagmites and stuff and it just sounds so big and dark and clammy and it's it's that sort of sound design that's so good it begins to evoke smells Mm. uh you know like you imagine like the smell of like manky algae and brine and well maybe a bit of uh bit of dust um some some places uh wet dust obviously that mud oh yeah (laughs) 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 there's a name for that isn't there so i I actually haven't played some of the seas it's the concept of that game that there's an under the earth's surface there's there's an ocean yeah, it's called the Untersee, and uh, London has been carried. Well, uh, Victorian London has been carried into the underworld by bats, uh, right. and now exists on the it shores. Sounds very it's, unique. It, yeah, it's it's well good. Uh, it's it's properly up my street. Um, the little bits of, um, you know, I, I will disclaimer here. I've I've got some friends on the team who wrote it who, to be fair, I've got to know since they wrote it. Um, but, you know, my praise isn't entirely without bias. 
I, I just think that whole, uh, the atmosphere of that whole world is beautifully constructed. Well, the idea of you playing it and going like, these are my people, I have to go and befriend them. That's basically what happened, yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, wait a second, that's taking London? Could yeah. it be? Have I finally found someone? Yeah. Oh, and there's all sorts of horrible gribblers in the water and that as well. Um, and they make really upsetting noises and all good mm. stuff. That's uh, dark. What else have you got, Matthew? Uh, I was I was trying to think about games where like water was like part of the you know mechanics of the thing, and it's kind of tough because you know water physics. I get the impression are like still pretty hard to do in three D games. But I like you know a few two D games which have done kind of watery stuff, which I guess is is you know slightly easier to kind of make sense of um, things like um, Noita, for example. Oh. Where you have those kind of great big pools and you can kind of like blow holes and water will sink down. There were some like Arcadia games that came before that did a similar thing. I don't know if they're on PC. I think they were PlayStation only. The, the, there was a pixel junk game which was a, um, a similar thing played on like drilling down into 2D kind of layers and water would dribble down. But that's quite spectacular. I think some, if someone manages to make like a 3D version of that where like you know, not just environmental destruction, but like water comes sp- spilling through and is, is, is like a kind of a living kind of force and not just scripted. That would be really awesome. I'd be up for that. The um, uh, Hammerting, which is a side-on uh, dwarf colony manager um, that's... Uh, I'm not sure if it's in early access or just released, but getting regular updates at the moment. That's got really nice fluid dynamics and it models lots of different fluids because um, it's inspired in a lot of ways by Dwarf Fortress, uh, which, you know, uh, I, like honestly, we would take the rest of the hour if we started talking about the fluid dynamics in Dwarf Fortress. But this took its cue from it and brought it to a pretty sort of side on perspective. And it models like water and slime and magma and also whiskey. Um, oh, good stuff. So you can have lakes of whiskey, which is quite fun. Nice. Can you set them on fire? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'll admit, I've only seen that in development. I've not played the lakes of whiskey build if it's out yet. But I, I, I would be very surprised if they missed that trick. I'm not like massively into kind of like sort of building or kind of management games. But I do like the phase of some, you know, like uh, I think Jurassic World Evolution, where you're like laying down the park and you can kind of make watery bits. And I, I like the the kind of the modern state of like God controls, you know, where you can kind of, you know, change the landscape, morph it around. Um, there must there must be one which does some good stuff with like making beautiful rivers and things. Oh yeah, Planet Zeus. Um... A beast with that because there's obviously another frontier um mm. and that's really pleasing because you can put like um you can make sort of underwater viewing areas and stuff you build a glass barrier across a lake that you've made and then drain the water from one side it will stay in the other and you can have people like stare at otters or whatever through the glass uh which which is quite good Do um you, can you bang on the glass yeah yeah you can 
there's a special battering ram you can spawn in with your face on it that just smashes against. It's it's glass banging frowned upon just for fish or all aquatic creatures. Like can like would an otter like like it? Uh, what do you think? (laughs) Well, they're bigger, so you can probably handle a bit more. I feel like it's generally frowned upon. Like, Mm. like would you, Matthew? Like it if someone came and banged on your windows? Uh, it depends who it was. Like if it was if it was like an old friend I hadn't seen for a long time, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, amazing. Um, well, so you think maybe like, like like some otters would be like Matthew, my boy, I haven't seen you <laughs> so long. But yeah, but if it was like someone who was clearly a murderer, then I'd be like, whoa, 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 get away awesome. from my house. Watching Finding Nemo with my daughter the other day and nearly texted you, Matthew, just to crow, actually, because there's a scene in that where um, uh, poor little Nemo is going to get given away to this dentist's niece who just kills every fish she has. And when she goes into the dental surgery where he's in a fish tank, uh, she's just smashing on the glass by saying, do something. (laughs) <laughs> and I just that it was just a moment of like distilled castle energy. Mm. But I think children know where it's at. They that's you know they they know that fish aren't aren't exciting enough as they are. No, not my daughter. No, she knows if she bangs on the tanks, Romans will come out of the telly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say like we don't really have. Anything that can accompany Matthew to the aquarium this week? Because mm. you can't. Oh, I mean, we haven't really talked about any characters, have we? No. I mean, for it's, all it's the- there's, there's not that, that I can't really name a here. You know, a video game character who is closely associated with water. You think there would be someone who's like, you know, no one's done a big underwatery action game. Well, there's Subnautica, but the. The, the character doesn't really have an identity. What about Bioshock? Yeah. That's a yeah. watery game. It is, but, but, like, the characters themselves aren't really... They don't have watery energy, you know? The large fathers do, I would say. Um, I mean, they're wearing diving suits, but, but I don't know if that's... Well, it gives one quite a, an aquatic... Vibe, I would say. It doesn't. Th- th- that game's got a few scripted moments where it like floods, which is quite cool. But when yeah. I, I remember pl- playing it, now maybe that's Bioshock Two actually. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, it'd be awesome if this was actually like a, a thing in the game where you could choose to like shoot the glass and flood the room, and then to just kind of change the kind of combat environment, or you know, all the audio logs start floating out of their secret hidey holes, <laughs> easier to find. That'd be great. I'd it love does surprisingly to... little with the fact it's underwater overall, though, doesn't it? Yeah, like a few, a few kind of dripping, dripping doorways, and you you leave in those. It's all very scripted. The sequences where you leave and kind of stomp about on the the seabed. Mm. Or let's just be arbitrary then. Andrew Ryan, the baddie off of Bioshock, yeah, has uh, ordered you to. To escort him to the London Aquarium so he can get new ideas for his next underwater um, mm. libertarian nightmare. 
And so you're going around the London Aquarium with Andrew Ryan, but also Frank Fontaine's in the basement. That that's that's adding a, a new layer. I yeah, I, don't know, I thought I'd like, spice things up. I mean, like it depends how much because, like, classic classically libertarianism and correct me if i'm wrong but the idea is that you can do whatever you want as long as it's not well, exactly that's what i was thinking he'd but as long like, as it as long as it's not infringing on someone else so it it depends like how much andrew ryan accepts that fish should be allowed to to go unbanged no, no way i hate there's no way that guy rates fish as important i don't know he did build his city in amongst them yeah, but that's more just to get away from from human. He didn't. There's not an audio log where he says, "You know, I found the perfect place to build rapture, and it's I love a fish. fish. I love fish so much. I wish I could look out of the window and see a fish every morning. A fish chooses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the I thought they no were sweat on a fish's brow. I thought they, they went down there because they extracted their magic juice from something on the ocean, some kind of sea slug, don't they? I think that was, oh, yeah. they, they, that was a side effect that they found. Oh, they did that by accident. Once they were there, yeah. So, in oh, fact, man. yeah, they do harvest sea creatures with merry abandon. Uh, and I was going to say, like, the rule of libertarianism is sort of you can do what you want as long as it doesn't impact other people unfairly. But mm. in practice... I would say that a lot of people that claim to be libertarian, including Andrew Ryan, are basically just selfish. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I would, not all, I know there might be some libertarians listening to this, I guess, but, you know, it's mostly it a way is for often... like, it, it's a way for like rich people to be like, I shouldn't have to pay taxes. It's a Venn diagram with two quite fat overlapping segments. Yes. Isn't it? Let's um, be fair and say that. Uh, uh, so, so I think so Andrew Ryan they... probably let you hit the glass to your heart's content. Yeah, I think he'd be up for it. If anything, he'd be disappointed if I asked him for permission first. <laughs> I'd just have to start banging away and he'd be like, yes, this guy gets it. You can come to Rapture, Matthew. Uh, but then a plane like, crashes. Oh, Mr. Ryan, would you mind if I bang the glass? He'd be like, oh, geez, you don't get this at all. <laughs> Stay on the surface. You may not come and have my slug juice. But then I'd show up with a massive diving suit and a golf club. <laughs> Battle the both of us. Yeah. Because would, would uh, you... Andrew Fontaine asked if I kindly would. Would you want to live in Rapture? Because I wouldn't. But then, you know, I'm, like, I, I like the setting. Like I like the inter- like I like the sort of the art deco thing. I think that's quite fun. I think the, the problem for me is I assume they, they largely live on a fish diet and I'm not mad about eating fish. And also it means it means like it's like apparently the best of humanity or the most brilliant of humanity. But like everyone's breath would absolutely reek of fish. It'd be disgusting. <laughs> Well, no, they've probably, look, I can't imagine people like, what's his name, Andrew Wright, not like having big comedy stakes. So probably got a herd of cows down there. Do they? Well, yeah, it's probably not shown in the game, but. 
Well, no, it's definitely not. I, I think I would have remembered the pasture. Yeah, that's the thing. It's probably an audio log somewhere that explains it. <laughs> See, the thing is with me, like I, I am for forewarned with the knowledge that it is that you know that libertarian paradise just eats itself. But I wouldn't want to live there because I would find living underwater extremely stressful. I, all the time, I would be terrified that the glass somewhere would break, and mm. I would drown. And I also just... and, and like, oh god, it'd be terrible because there's that, and then you wake up one morning and everyone's like killing each other with hooks, and you're like, oh Christ, this is this the worst. This the, I mean, I guess you wouldn't know this that was extremely gonna... stressful. <laughs> you wouldn't know that that was going to happen, but this was not in awful. the brochure. <laughs> that would be so bad. Um... There's a man in a rabbit mask battering me with a crowbar. Yeah. Didn't expect this. I'd like, I say. I'd like, if they could guarantee it was going to be safe, I would go, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think they guaranteed the Titanic was going to be safe. I mean, that's one of the classic things yeah. that happens before disasters, isn't it? <laughs> like, there was a, de- there was a debate. <laughs> I imagine that on the Titanic, we were like, you said it was going to be safe! <laughs> <laughs> Moaning the whole time, <laughs> next to those guys playing the violins. <laughs> There, there was a debate a while back in when we were in the office about like, would you if it was guaranteed it would be safe, would you go to the moon? And I'd be like, no, I wouldn't, because I, you, what if something happens? And they were like, but it's guaranteed to be safe. And I was like, no, it's not. You can't just say that. I'd go to the moon though. No, I wouldn't. No, oh, not me. There's nothing, nothing up there. It's how people die in films. You're not catching me out. Anyway. uh we do this week have a quick cavern of lies if Ooh. if you gentlemen would like to to do a sting i would like nothing more the cavern of lies oh that? wait I, f- I forgot to say that we should do a little ad break so let's <laughs> let's imagine that I said we're going to have a little break now for an ad before we did the sting because we're going to have a little break now for an ad. Warzone Audio Bank from our gun barrels directly into your ear holes. Welcome to your new favourite fortnightly COD podcast dropping in and sniping you from the side with all the latest Call of Duty Warzone goings on. Maybe you should have said Codcast. I'm James Law. And I'm Ed Thorne. Every second Friday we'll be dropping into the dance to discuss all the latest news and rumours from Activision's online juggernaut, Call of Duty Warzone. And of course, we'll also be sharing our own stories from the battlefield, such as that time James ruined our chances of victory by jumping into a vehicle and alerting everyone on the battlefield of our presence just so he could play Aha's Take On Me. Yeah, you say that as if I don't do that every single match. Yeah, true. So basically, come and listen to your new favourite favorite Call of Duty podcast, Warzone Audio Bang. Available on all good podcasting apps at rockpapershotgun.com. New episodes drop every second Friday. All right, I don't have a snappy ending to this ad, do you? Nah. Okay, uh, Warzone Audio Bang. Flashbangs through the door. Right, that's given us just enough time to get down the stairs to the Cavern of Lies. Uh, you. Which this Ooh, week... Long stairs today. Uh, yeah, well... What we're, if you follow me just around this corner, you'll see that the cavern opens up uh, onto a desert 
oh. <laughs> which is which is the only link I could think of this week. Uh, which, which is the absence of water. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's there you good. go. Um, and it's the desert from Mad Max, the 2015 video game, which is a non-canonical tie-in to the Mad mm-hmm. Max films, um, which is a bit weird because it definitely references characters from like Fury Road and stuff, but like, but it's not part of the canon. It's weird. I don't know how that came about. But anyway, um, so as you know, the Mad Max desert is uh, full of many horrible, uh, I wouldn't say people, many horrible people, uh, some on your side, some not. Um, so we're going to meet a few of them and at least one of them is not real. Um, right. So you need to, to decide which of these people are, you know, are really characters from Mad Max the 2050 video game and which is it because we're we're dying of thirst and each of them is offering us a jug of water sure if you you need the one who isn't real will be a mirage and there's actually going to be like lord humongous there yeah the chainsaw there you go okay (laughs) fine okay got to be a narrative all right (laughs) i gotta avoid the mirage man i know what i'm dealing with now uh okay so uh First of all, we've got uh, le- electric. You can tell us all of them before we make our choice. If you want it, yeah, yeah. Because um, otherwise, we hit said... the one that's fake and then it's busted. <laughs> remember, I said at least one, so there might be more. Than oh, one. at least. Oh, gonna... okay, right. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. I've, oh. I've got this from uh, the Saturday new Saturday Night Game Show. Uh, I can see your voice, uh, where contestants have to decide if someone is a good or bad singer before hearing them sing, and they don't know how many are good or how many are bad. Sounds like something scary someone would shout in a horror film. I know, it's really weird. I can see your voice. It's really weird, and then, but like, the reveal is they will actually sing live on the show, and before they do it, uh, Paddy Thingy uh, yells like, show us your voice, and everyone yells it like it's a catchphrase. It's mm. not. Uh, okay, so do you want to... <laughs> Do you want to hear them all first or do you want to? Yeah, let's make the gang. All right. So the gang we've got are uh, le- electric, electric, I can't say it, electricy boy. Uh, mm-hmm. so electricy boy, toe cutter, jeet, deep fryer. <laughs> jeet. <laughs> deep, deep fryer, but spelled F R I A H. Pun uh, and Red Moor. Okay. So let's get Electricy Boy, Toe Cutter, Jeet, Deep Fryer, and Red Moor. Can, can you tell us about them? Yeah, in, in that order, or do you, do you want to pick? Yeah, no, yeah I'm, I'm up for that. Oh, actually, I want to hear about Jeet first. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you laugh so yeah. hard at Jeet? Uh, just something, I don't know. I think it reminds me of Yeet. <laughs> It sounds like someone mispronouncing yeet in a weirdly it Scandinavian like something way. I might say, and then, uh, you, know, a, you know, a 16-year-old kind of grimaces at me. <laughs> like, like, oh, that, that looks well jeet. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and they stab me up. Oh, get out of here, granddad. Um, so jeet is actually uh, on Max's side. Um, he's a leader of a stronghold. Um, 
in in the Great White region, which is a it's like a um a seabed that is is now a big big desert. Um, and uh, he gets painful kind of migraines and headaches, so uh, is short tempered. But he has also learned that he can control uh, his headaches and and distract himself from them by uh, inflicting pain on other parts of his body. So he's he's got uh, it just says various pain inducing mechanisms, um, mm. and he uses a crossbow, uh, and he's got a kind of uh, half mohawk kind of fringe hairstyle. Is Jeet some kind of Australian slang? Because it uses a lot of that kind of stuff, doesn't it? Mad Max. I don't know. I don't. I don't have access to that information. See, a lot of the names are. You know, I'd expect him to be called like Coitus Interruptus or like. <laughs> there are Mr. I Big Strong or something. Jeet I sounds a bit too streamlined. I didn't use some of them that are called like Stump Grinder, and uh, one of them's called. It's called something really ridiculous, like. Rim jobber or something. <laughs> rim, rim, rim jobby. Right. Crikey. I don't know. There's something. There's something like the story around Jeet sounds sounds pretty believable. Yeah. Uh, well, you'd have to pick now. I yeah. guess doing it this I'd way. Yeah, he's it. not an insta insta kill. Carry on. Who's the, who's deep, next? Deep fryer. Deep fryer. Now, I'm mortified so- by this one because I called. Um, the, the notes from small planets. I did an apocalyptic chapter in that, and I had a throwaway reference to a character called the Deep Friar, as in monks. So I'm gonna be bloody mortified if this guy's real, because I'll just look like a plagiarist. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Deep Friar is, I guess, it's a pun on like fri- Friar, as in the religious uh, title, um, like Friar Tuck. Um, so he's a he's a stronghold leader, uh, but he's an enemy, um, and he's a cult leader who uh, lives south of Gastown and um, worships fire, basically, and calls it the Great Flame. <laughs> yeah. uh, and well, it's it a good is, thing to worship in a very hot environment. Yeah, um, and uh, he he's burnt um, and and a bit and has lots of burn scars, um, and. <sighs> Yeah, so he's a he's a baddie that you fight to kind of gain control of the region. Does he live underground? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he he because Gastown is st- is Gastown is basically like a big oil rig, and he just lives. Does Mad Max have? There, I, well, I don't think it has much underground. It's like a desert. Yeah, there's loads of underground. No, the sand would fill it up. It would just become more desert. <laughs> the sand doesn't go all the way down to the centre of the earth, Matthew. This, yeah, but the sand is a famous gap filler. Everyone knows that. Yeah, but... Yes. <laughs> let's not get into the physics of say, sand. It's not like, some, like Aladdin kind of like cave of wonders under the desert. It doesn't really work like that. Okay, it's... yes, caves are impossible in deserts. I guess that's the truth now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah... <laughs> Okay, um, it might be wishful thinking, but I'm feeling dubious on, on Deep Fryer. Who were the others? Uh, Redmore, Electricy Boy, and Toe Cutter. Redmore? 
Um, yeah, sure. So Redmore is a lieutenant for so the bad, the main bad guy is Scabrous Grotus, who is a son of Immortan Joe, I think, and uh, one of his main lieutenants that you have to fight before you fight him is Redmore, who um, wears like a, a red face. I would say face cloth, but like you know, like a red kind of cloth um, mask over the bottom of his face. Scabrous Grotus bashed his teeth in uh, when he was just coming up as like a, a scrub, I guess. Um, so, and he is, uh, it says, weak to shivs. <laughs> Ain't we all? Well, I, indeed, yeah. I have a fatal weakness to being shift. <laughs> that all sounds mega real. That does sound mega real. Weak to shivs. <laughs> So dumb. I'm allergic to shifts. <laughs> I too am allergic to bullets. Or I have a bad reaction to being blasted with yeah. atomic weapons. <laughs> we okay. These all sound these all sound pretty legit so far. Uh, okay, well, give us the others. Uh Electricy Boy and Toe Cutter. Toe Cutter, now I'm gonna I'm going to do a big poo on the fun here because he was uh, in the motorbike gang in the first Mad Max. So uh, he's, he's, he's real in the canon, but the trick- trickery here might be that he's not in the game. Well, I don't know. I don't know the list of... that. I don't remember the, the, the cast from the film that well, but he's one... Well, Toe Cutter isn't a big... So he's one of the, like... I can't remember what the term is, um, but he doesn't have a wiki page. He's he's along with uh, Rim Jobby, uh, Gasper Grope, and Stump Grinder is one of the kind of sub lieutenants that you have to kill to um, help out the the good stronghold leader in the area. Crikey! Well, in that case, I don't want to meet the Dom lieutenants. Wait, a sleazy joke for you there. Um, yeah. What's that guy's one... name? Grasper. Grasper. Grasper Grope. Grasper Grope, Stump Grinder, and Rim Jobby. Grasper then... Grope's got big, like, um, seaside pier comedian. <laughs> all right, all right, ladies and gents, it's me, Grasper Grope. <laughs> That's huge, Matthew. I didn't know you could do that voice. I love it. <laughs> uh, um, That's my actual voice. And then the last um, one, because we're running a bit, we're running a bit low on time, is uh, Electricy Boy, mm-hmm. or possibly Electricity Boy, um, who is he lives in Gastown, and uh, one of the kind of main characters in Gastown is the Outcrier, who is the commentator for the drag races that get done uh, and his suit is covered in lights and he has like um, uh, speakers attached to his suit and stuff and following him around and attached to him all the time is Electricy Boy who is just a kind of nameless, uh, faceless character who just has a generator on his back to power the outcry suit. Mm. What a guy. Oh my god! Yeah, he's may- real. I'm having a glass of water off him. It's funny. I know it's a very different drag race. When you said drag race, there, that made me think. Deep Fryer sounds like a kind of drag queen name on RuPaul. 
deep fry are spelt like that. I could imagine that. I, Mad it's, Max it's Drag a good Race be out of this world. Great. Uh, I think I think Toe Cutter feels like you've taken another Mad Max word and and put it in here. It was it was a lot vaguer than the others. Well, I don't have any info on. That, like I think well, might be, like, I know that's, there's that you. defense, but uh, the others I like all their stories sound quite good, I thought, unless Nate disagrees. Uh the problem is though, Toe Cutter is real in that canon. Mm. Like he's, he's a fairly major character as well. So Well, do you want to hear yeah, them all um, again? No, I I've, I'm familiar with these fellows. Yeah. I, I, I think the Deep Fryer is not real. And I think I think Toe Cutter is not real. Okay. So do you Well should we each each shoot them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We're shooting in the scenario it is now. It, it is, is now, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So you're saying the others are all real. And Yeah, Jeet, um and the other the electric boy and uh Redmore. Colonel Bloods. Yeah, kind of yeah. And then, okay, so who's shooting who? I'm going to shoot um, Deep Fryer. Okay. Uh, and, and Matthew, you're shooting. I'm, sh- I'm shooting Toe Cutter. Toe Cutter. <laughs> All right, well, Toe Cutter uh, drops the floor and then behind him, who is it? The. I don't know, whichever bad guy that Nate said was threatening you takes a, a shotgun blast to the stomach because Toe Cutter was not real. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, no. You killed Humongous. Yeah. Uh, and then, Nate, you're taking aim at Deep Fryer. Uh, and as you shoot, he he falls to the ground in agony writhing and the others are all so offended that you've shot their friend that they withhold their water from you oh do not get addicted to water and you and you and you you die gasping in the desert whilst Matthew is allowed to become a to go and live in a cave yeah (laughs) he's now called Immortan Matthew no I'm I'm the new grasper group yeah (laughs) Because uh, deep, I can't deep, believe I died. Deep fry was real. I put that one in there deliberately because I thought you'd think that I tried to come up with a, a clever pun again and was. But this also horn. means I'm accidentally a plagiarist, so I'm devastated. Oh no! Well, um, yeah, Toe Cutter was fake, but it wasn't. I didn't deliberately use a character from Mad Max. I that was a complete accident. So I apologise for that. I wasn't trying to trick you that way. No, that's I'd... wild. It just shows how in tune you are with um yeah. what's his name? Mad Max. Yeah. But yeah, Red Red Moore was the other fake one. I, no, I should have known that. That's a type of aquarium wood. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Of course, coincidences abound today in this nightmarish desert. <laughs> well, uh Matthew, you'd better drag Nate's body and uh and get out of here. Yeah, bring me back to life on the way up the stairs, please. All right, well, uh, 
all that remains now is for uh, us to give some recommendations. Every week we like to recommend something that is not a video game at the end of this notionally video game podcast. <laughs> uh, so Matthew, what have you got this week? Uh, I've just started reading uh, a new Michael, well, not a new, an old Michael Lewis book. Um, who's the chap who wrote The Big Short and Moneyball um, called The Fifth Risk, which is all about the um, the transition of government uh, into the Trump era and the damage it did or the the, the potential damage it did because it was written much closer to the time um, on various um, governmental departments. Um, so like Department of Energy, Department of Commerce and Agriculture. Sounds super dry, but it's really, really good. It's absolutely fascinating. He goes in and basically reveals why all these quite boring sounding things are like super, super important and tells you some sort of funny stories about how how basically often the world is on the kind of um, the brink of nuclear disaster because of like weird typos <laughs> and stuff. It's good. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend, uh, I think I recommended her videos before, but and I might have recommended this one, so I hope not. Um, but this is a video essay by uh, Jenny Nicholson, who is a YouTuber who I enjoy, and she does a lot of kind of pop culture stuff. Um, and she, in January, uh, released a video called The Vampire Diaries Video, which is uh, a video essay um, about the television series The Vampire Diaries, and it's two and a half hours long. <laughs> but it covers, like, the whole series. Um, it, it goes into, like, the production and stuff. There's interesting stuff, but it was it was originally, like, a book packaging series uh, and then the rights got like taken away from the author. Like she got fired from writing the books and stuff. Um, and it's just a really funny kind of takedown of the silly stuff in the series, but in like a loving way. And I've never seen the Vampire Diaries, but I really enjoyed this. It is obviously the, the length of like a long feature length film. Uh, but you'd have to watch all in one go. Uh, and I enjoyed it very much. Um, bon Jovi, what have you got to recommend this week? There's a YouTube channel I want to recommend, actually, but I'm a little worried. I might have recommended it before. If I have, stop me and I've got something else. Um, it is a YouTube channel uh, called Fish for Thought. Um, who is have. just... How, do you think I have? No, I don't think you have. Okay, good. Uh, it'll be worth recommending twice. I think this is, he's a splendid fellow. Um, He's just, he very much likes making aquariums in the same way I do. And he cares very much about people treating their fish right. And he's very funny and personable. And he's got a lovely gecko uh, that quite often sits on his shirt when he's talking to camera. And I find him very uh, sort of dignified. He's not sort of a, a roaring exclamation marks and arrows on thumbnails kind of YouTuber. Um, he gives lovely, encouraging fish tank reviews to people, and you'll actually learn an awful lot uh, of fish keeping tips from watching him while also being entertained. He does like um, uh, compilations of people's appalling fish related TikToks and just roasts them for being horrible to fish, uh, which I find really pleasing. So, yeah, fish for thought. Uh, it's good stuff. Very good. Well, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. 
I've forgotten that you were called this all episode, Matthew, but thank you very much, Water Guy from X-Men. <laughs> and Bon Jovi. Um, this was episode 138 of the Electronic Wireless Show, the best water and game special slash what is a sandwich uh, podcast. It's Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. And um, we are like, we, I think we're going to be back next week, but I'm going to be recording from my mother's house in deepest, darkest countryside. So I might might have terrible audio quality so i can can only apologize for that um but uh remember to uh check us out on social media and youtube just search for rock paper shotgun uh remember to check out our merch store i know i've said this many times but i've seen the new merch designs they're they're coming it's happening it's real um which is a teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash rock paper shotgun um, and check out the Discord where you can chat uh, about all things video games as well as uh, this very podcast and our other podcasts, um, which are the PC Gaming Week Spot, which is Matthew and uh, Video Guy Colin Mahern talking about kind of current PC gaming events and uh, the Warzone Audio Bank, which is all about Warzone. Um, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, thank you very much once again for listening. My name is Alice Bell, and I've been joined this week by Water Guy from X Men uh, and Bon Jovi. Uh, so it's goodbye for me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from them. Bye bye. Dead or alive. <laughs>